I'm Neil. I'm Louise. And I'm Ronnie. I'm Daisy's dad. I'm Daisy's mum. And I'm Daisy's grandpa. In 2018, Daisy was diagnosed with regressive autism. She gradually lost all of her speech and began to show some typical autistic traits. She'd spin in circles, avoid eye contact and make loud monotone noises. This was a big shock, as up until this point, Daisy had been speaking in seven or eight word sentences. And had memorised pretty much 20 to 30 books. Since then, we've all been on a journey of discovery. In this podcast, we'll talk about that journey. And explore how autism has changed all of us. This is the story of Daisy. And me. Episode 1, Voices. Welcome along to this uh, brand new series of uh, Daisy Me the Podcast. We're assembled. Lou's here, Neil's here, I'm here. Um, well, I think I'm here. Um, well, I'm sure, no. Yeah, I mean, it's been a bit of a interesting run into yes. the podcast today, hasn't it? Yes, it has. I yes. think that might be the sort of almost a year and a half that... We're out of practice. Yeah. A year and a away. half. Yeah, well, I, I checked. I checked just before we came on. Uh, August was the last. Yeah. August 2021. Wow. What different times. I was... I was... Six younger. Yeah, I was much younger then. Yeah. I was much younger. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, what a year. As well, we've learned so much more about Daisy, uh, and the theme of the, this uh, program kind of ties in well, doesn't it, with what's happened over the last year? Because the theme is voices. Voices, yeah. So we've, I mean, to bring everyone up to speed, um, lots of change with Daisy, all mostly for the positive. Um, her, so she communicates with her AAC book, which yeah. is a sort of big book of categories um, and core words that she can build sentences and express her wishes and her wants and her feelings and all that. Um, and it just kind of got a bit turbocharged yeah. in the summer, didn't it? I, I think we were seeing sort of significant developments in her, but also um, the school as well. So I think just recognising the intelligence that she has and the fact that she was starting to be able to demonstrate that through her tool of communication, which is her AAC. Um, and actually because the AAC has expanded to allow her... That's her book, isn't it? It's her book, yeah. yeah. So uh, it's moved on. Uh, uh, we've sort of talked in the past about her book and PEC. So she, it's moved on significantly just from being, I want this or I want that. She is actually constructing sentences and <laughs> actually changing the way she says those sentences Being just cheeky. to get what she wants. Yeah. yeah it's quite cheeky. So there was, there was a, a time, you, you know this, but the listeners won't. We, we, have, um, we have words, sort of core words, can, I, have, um, get, go, all that sort of stuff on the left-hand page and then whatever the thing is that she wants to express on the right-hand page. So it will be a food item or it could be the iPad or it could be a part of her body that hurts or something mm. like that. So she comes in one day and she looks at me and it's a regular uh, request. She goes, I want to eat biscuit. And I, so we have to model back. So I, I point at no and say no. And she goes, can I have biscuit? <laughs> and I said, no. And she said, I can have, can have biscuit. And I said, no. And then she went, I want to see yes. <laughs> and I, do you know what? I just burst out laughing. And 
on, uh, you just think, do you know what? I sort of want to give you a biscuit yeah. now. I think you I deserve would've... it. I think you deserve it. I, I would have gone there. It's, it's just that... Um, it's 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 just that area that's opening up now, you know. The and and, uh, and you'll, you'll hear in this fantastic interview that's coming up as well is that um, the intelligence there, the intellect, is there, which we kind of suspected because of the cheekiness mm. uh, and the way she gets things done and gets you to do things. We knew it was there, but um, to see her develop over this uh, last year has has been quite incredible. Mm. Yeah, and it, it yeah, it just got a bit of a. A turbocharge in the summer where she's the book has expanded so much. It's not enough. It's it's it? it's yeah. No. It's about an inch thick now. But it's um, too cumbersome. And it's isn't too it? cumbersome. It's... It takes too long for her to get to mm. what she wants uh, what to I, express. What I do notice with me, because I'm such an old fuddy duddy, I try to find the thing she's looking for, and I never. And she literally takes the book off me and goes, "Chit chit chit chit." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's what you're looking for. Yeah, yeah that's what I was looking yeah. for. Yeah, d- 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 that's yeah. the other thing you're yeah. looking. And it's amazing. She's got this kind of. It's almost, and she can be looking away. Yeah, and it's almost like she's counted the pages. She knows. There you go. She knows exactly where everything is. But she's also in some of her therapy sessions now using that form of communication to to read with people so being able to describe what's on the page or and she's got a fascination with dinosaurs at the moment hasn't she so being able to sort of talk about the different dinosaurs and how some of them are scary the different types of food they eat i mean it's just yeah it's it's just been incredible hasn't it yeah and then it, it it got to the to the point where along with sky who sky's been magnificent yeah she's brilliant sky for anyone new is um well, what was she was described as Sky is everything. <laughs> yes, yeah. this week. Yes, um, some, yes someone everything. was asked who's Sky. And, everything, and the person replied, everything. "Sky is everything." <laughs> yes, yeah. Um, but yes, yeah, so, so along with Sky, we'd sort of hit go on trying to get a device. Yeah, for Daisy. Yeah, which talks for her, and um, you know, it's it, it's like AAC. Mm. But it has also got a keyboard function as well. Which is um, I think we to. talked about this. I, I was I brought this up, saying that I, I could see her using it sooner rather than later. Yeah. And we talked about her voice. Remember, we made a wee bit of a thing of whose voice would yeah. she have? Yeah, yeah, yeah. As well, I was kind of hoping it'd be Sean Connery. <laughs> but but the fact that you know, she she will have this. It. Yes. Want a biscuit? <laughs> <laughs> You're a shite for sure. I. <laughs> Funny Daisy. But I thought it'd be kind of uh, limited, but now this idea of she'll know where the words. I mean, we just know how she is with technology anyway. Yeah. Um, she'll know the word, and she'll. And it's the fact that she'll put them together. When Sky sends, Sky sends us little um, videos and things of what she does with her in the sessions, and it's just amazing to see her. What's very interesting about Sky sessions I- as well is if we try and do that here. She won't play. It's almost like no, no. Whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah, what's yeah. this? Yeah, this yeah. is this is playtime. This is playtime. Yeah, yeah. That is schoolwork. Yeah. And yeah. by the way, don't you interfere with my schoolwork? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but no. She, so so this week we had a meeting mm. um, with some professionals and and Daisy's school and everything. From the Casey um, team, aren't they? From from a, Cassie. From I don't yeah, know how you Casey pronounce team. Um, yeah. And it they, they took about. 15 minutes to decide that Daisy 
is eligible for is a eligible device. for a device so, and are going to try and yeah. get her a uh it's going to be an ipad mini isn't it yeah to with with a it's got a speaker on the back to make it louder because mm. oh, right. obviously when you think about yeah, an ipad yeah. it only so if she's in any loud place yep. she can still be heard oh. um and it's got to have a we did say a robust case yeah um it doesn't tend to no, chuck stuff around but it's you know stuff gets dropped doesn't it so so that was quite a big big moment this it, week wasn't it, it? was because i think we were quite anxious about whether or not they would i bet um, anxious um, you were a it. bit anxious you yeah. were very anxious <laughs> yeah, yeah well i think you. he of, was especially yeah <laughs> you hear stories about how difficult it is I think to get the funding for children with autism, and again, I think that comes back to this sort of consensus that perhaps a lot of children with autism don't have the intelligence to be able to utilise mm. certain devices. But actually, they literally we said it would be a two-hour assessment, and they literally saw her in the classroom for fifteen minutes and came back in and said, "Yes, yeah. definitely." Uh, didn't she do something? Uh, didn't she? She, <laughs> she, oh, yeah. she found something on the. I think it was an iPad, wasn't it? And the speech and language therapist that was assessing was trying to find it, and Daisy just pointed at it. She found it before yeah. she did. So uh, didn't she say something about? Uh, I don't want to be here. Oh yeah, oh, she, she said, I, w- "I want to go." I want to go. <laughs> yeah. yeah, she said, "I want to go on on the new device." <laughs> Which, by the way, actually is is, is the the program that she's going to use sounds so much like a sort of evil um, computer system <laughs> to All me. Right. It's called Supercore Fifty. Right? Yes, it and does. She's a Supercore. You know? Wow. She's going to be. Um, she's going to be. You know, controlling. Yes. All sorts of. You're going to notice the lights, them infrastructure. Yeah, you're going to. See, <laughs> whose car started up? Yeah, exactly. You're going to get that, and you're going to get radio channels changed as you're travelling to work. Going, yeah. oh, where does that come from? One of the interesting things, though, just touching on what you said there a minute ago, is, and the anxiety before mm. the meeting. You said to me, literally about twenty seconds before we left the house to go to this meeting, you just said to me. Try not to be in full fight mode because they are trying to help. Well, I think you're so used. To, we're so used to fighting for stuff that actually, what I said to you is that they are a team. I've encountered them through work because they support not just children but people with other disabilities like motor yeah. neuron disease. And and I said they're not they're not the local health authority. They're not education. They are there to support people with communication. And actually, I think we both realised within minutes that they were yeah. there yeah. and they wanted to do what was right for Daisy. But so that's what you end up doing. You end up sort of going mode. into and, yeah. and on the theme we, of voices, we, using your voice. All the interviews we have done, all the advocates, great advocates who we talked to, have said you will be fighting the whole mm. time. Yeah. Yeah. We, and that's what we've. That was the thing that's planted in my mind. Every change, everything you want to be looked at, you will have to go and 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 prove. Yeah. Yeah. You know? um, and again, I feel for the people who maybe can't prove things. When, yeah. You know. Yeah. Uh, but but it, that fight will continue. There there will be other fights, but I think it was just quite shocking and refreshing <laughs> to walk in and go, oh oh. Oh, right, yeah, yeah. No, they actually want to help. That's, but that's also really good. So they saw in Daisy straight away her potential. And yeah. that, I think, as a parent, is so is so rewarding. What was great as well, Dad, was um, reassuring. We were in this classroom in Daisy's school with all the teachers and professionals. We had, what, 10, 15 minute chat. And then they said, can we just go and see Daisy in the classroom? And then they, we, we heard this, ah! 
<laughs> coming up the corridor, back to the classroom, right. to, to us. We're like, oh, that's lazy. And then she, she, the, the, the door opens, um, the speech-language <laughs> therapist walks in and had a daisy. Daisy's going, ah! And the last thing we see is her face all sort of grimaced and making this noise, ah! And then she spots us and goes, ah! <laughs> <laughs> She was really pleased and started giggling. She was really giggling. happy, wasn't yeah. she? To so, see oh, oh, I've got a full room of adults, have I? <laughs> yeah. But I also remember from their podcast, because this was one of the things when, right, probably first or second episodes, we were wondering if we would hear her. Yeah. And we, remember I talked about the, like, the dream I had about her. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. You phoning up saying, guess who's found her voice? And that, that, I feel that's happening now. Yeah. And we're yeah. going to hear her. Yeah, it's it's a really big thing, isn't it? Because you, I think again, going back to earlier podcasts, we talked about the grief and joy and all the things you go through in your head that you you think, oh my goodness, we're not going to have these things, but we've always known that Daisy has a understanding of everything. We've never ever doubted that from day one. I think we've all said her receptive language and understanding is there, mm. but to actually know now that there is a chance that we can we can communicate well she can communicate with us mm -hmm. in a more effective way and that her life potentially i mean this is life changing if she can get to grips with the device and she can begin to use the qwerty keyboard mm. she recognizes letters all the alphabet letters she can now she is spelling certain words she's reading certain words it it shifts how you feel about things dramatically i don't know how does that how you both yeah i i i feel no I, I can't wait till she tells me a joke yeah. or, or yeah. pulls me up in something. Yeah. You know, say, no, Grandpa, no, Grandpa, not yeah. that. And this yeah. telling yeah. off voice. I, I can't. And the other thing as well is, as parents, even as Grandpa, you'll get the pride when she does achieve stuff. Remember, we weren't sure whether we'd you would see her fully kind mm. of do it. But, but she will do things now that you'll blow yeah. your sorry, she does yeah. things. But she'll do it now and blow, her, blow your socks off by the yeah. how much is there. But, yeah. I mean, she does that now. I yeah. mean, sometimes you, I think you sort of, sometimes you don't realise how much she's taken on board and then she'll come back with something or do something. And you think, like even in one of Sky's sessions, she... We'd been talking about making gingerbread at home and I think they were making something at school. And then she went into a lesson with Sky, a session with Sky, and she was communicating about it in her book. She takes on board yeah. everything. Yeah. And I think, yeah, it, it just gives you a lot of hope for the future. So you're going to have to stop swearing at home. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I think we all know who the swearer is. Potty <laughs> mouth Lou. No, she's not. You're the Excuse me. Yeah, it's fine, Lou. It's, it's on tape. So well, I, I learned all my swear words from you. So no, no, no you didn't. I was a <laughs> Scottish Presbyterian, my boy. Uh, listen, let's get to our interview, which is uh, I've heard already. And listeners, you will absolutely be amazed. Uh, who have we got uh, now? So uh, we, one of the things we were always hoping to do with this podcast is speak to autistic people speak to parents yeah. speak to anyone involved in some way with autism but one of the big barriers was trying to find someone who was non-speaking mm. about what six months ago yeah um this link pops up on on twitter i think you forwarded it around yeah. and it's a woman called elizabeth bonker who uh is american um and she's non-speaking and it's a video of her at uh, her university's 
sort of graduation ceremony giving the valedictorian speech. So the, the commencement main speech. Yeah. Rollins College Class of 2022, today we celebrate our shared achievements. I know something about shared achievements because I am affected by a form of autism that doesn't allow me to speak. My neuromotor issues also prevent me from tying my shoes or buttoning a shirt without assistance. I have typed this speech with one finger with a communication partner holding a keyboard. I am one of the lucky few non-speaking autistics who have been taught to type. My fellow classmates, I leave you today with a quote from Alan Turing, who broke the Nazi encryption code to help win World War II. Sometimes, it is the people no one imagines anything of who do the things no one can imagine. Be those people. Be the light. Fiat Lux. Thank you. Um, and she does it through through typing and it's a sort of uh, a voice um, augmented thing. So we got in contact with her and just, you know, said, can we can we speak to you? And, and Elizabeth's mum uh, corresponded with us. And when we sat down with her, yeah. the, 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 so the edit is slightly, slightly misleading because we did, we did do it in real time. Yeah. So when we sat down over Zoom with Elizabeth and her mum, Virginia, um, we asked the questions, Elizabeth typed and um, her mum translated what she'd said. So she told us what she said. They then went and put it through uh, Elizabeth's voice programme. So you, what you're hearing is Elizabeth's real answer yeah. in her voice plus uh, Elizabeth's mum. But, I mean, just what a moment to just speak to someone who I, I think, is non-speaking. Yeah, it was just incredible for me and actually doing it was very, it was an emotional yeah. thing to do. But I've listened to it, I listened to it after Neil edited and then I've listened to it again prior to doing the podcast. And I just, it's just, yeah. I can't even explain. And you, the listeners will hear anyway, it's just amazing, so. Okay, well, let's hear that now. But, um Elizabeth and Virginia, thank you for joining us today. Um, I, we first became aware of you when we saw the video on social media of you giving the valedictorian speech. And it, when we watched it, we were uh, at the same time just amazed at how well you articulated your message. But also it, it hit home really hard because it, it, your story, when we kind of looked into it, is very similar to um, our experience of Daisy and what we think Daisy's experience might be. When when you gave that valedictorian speech, did that feel like a culmination of a lot of hard work for you, or, or was it the launch pad for another part of your life? The commencement address was so important to me. I believe in Rollins motto, life is for service. My life is dedicated to gaining communication for all non-speakers with autism. With that speech, I hope to help change the way the world sees us. We are not intellectually disabled. We can learn to type with one finger and be educated. Everyone needs a voice. To be heard. To be connected. And I was thrilled for the mission when the speech went viral with four billion impressions worldwide. So I, I guess I would add that the commencement address was very important to the mission because 
it told the world that with communication, education is then the next opportunity. And so by standing on that stage of, as a valedictorian, mm -hmm. Elizabeth was in her mind, I think, representing the potential of all non-speaking people that if they do have communication, then they are able to have education and all the opportunities of life are open to them. And you must have felt so proud yourself, Virginia. I was incredibly proud of Elizabeth, especially given all of the obstacles that she has overcome, both with the medical and the educational systems, having a misunderstanding of what non-speaking autism is, seeing it as a cognitive uh, impairment when in fact it's a neuromotor disorder. And so incredibly proud that she worked so hard and she did it really for the mission, not just for her own achievement. So I, I was just wondering the, the mission, um, the, you're the founder of an organization, Elizabeth, Communication for All. And I, I was just wondering if you would be happy to tell us a bit about Communication for All and the aim of the work that you're doing there. Yes. Our new nonprofit, Communication for All, has the mission to gain communication for all 31 million non-speakers with autism worldwide. I wrote my senior honors thesis as a blueprint for this advocacy work. Communication for All has a website, social media, an album, and some big projects with international organizations and corporations that will be announced in the coming months. That's uh, so impressive. Yeah. And, um, the, the mission behind communication for all uh, is, is so important, but also so um, uplifting for parents like me and Louise, because obviously Daisy's biggest challenge is communication, um, but she is completely uh, aware of everything that's happening around her. And uh, as you say, cognitively is, um, you know, streets ahead of a lot of children. Um, Elizabeth, I wondered, how important do you think it is that autistic people see positive role models like yourself? The world has such low expectations for non-speakers with autism. We are raising those expectations with the many typers who are now graduating from high school and college. With communication, non-speakers with autism can be educated and lead full lives. I guess I would, you know, really just echo that, you know, I think the research is really clear that um, if teachers have high expectations, um, any student uh, with a disability or not uh, tends to meet those expectations. And so, you know, if we are able to get um, children at the age of four or five when they're entering school to be, um, given the communication that they can communicate with all 26 letters and be mainstreamed in school as a non-speaker, um, that is a huge difference than going to a special ed classroom where the expectations are that they, may, they need to be 
taught life skills because the academics are beyond their capability. It's just, you know, Elizabeth just tells us it's just not true. I think that resonates so much with us at the moment. Um, we're, we're actually just going through um, a process with Daisy whereby um, she's finished three years in an, an assessment unit and we're now having to look at where she's now schooled from the age, it'll be from next year, from the age of sort of seven, eight years old. Um, in the UK, I think attitudes towards autism are arguably behind the US, particularly when it comes to enabling people who are autistic to achieve. Um, how did you find navigating the system in your country and what were the challenges for you? All right, I'll, I guess I'll take the first stab at that one because, uh, you know, Elizabeth, before she could uh, type, I was the navigator. And I, and I do think that uh, parents of children with non-speaking autism or autism or any disability, you know, really are the experts in their children and they should feel empowered. I think often the educational system uh, tries to take that uh, away from parents. Uh, that they're the experts and they may be the educational experts, but they're not the expert in the child. Mm -hmm. And so it needs to be, we've always had the approach that it needs to be a real partnership. We've always approached the educational uh, people, uh, the teachers, the, the, the administration as people who are on a team with us and that we believe that working together, we can come to the best uh, resolution. And so Elizabeth was in a very intensive ABA program as a two and a half, three-year-old. Um, and then she got extremely frustrated by the time she was five and six and actually started to exhibit some, you know, striking her head with her hand. Um, and, and, and sometimes people take this as, oh my God, goodness, this is confirmation of the lack of intelligence. And in fact, in, in most cases, it is showing the frustration of being an intelligent person locked in a silent cage. So once we got Elizabeth the um, ability to point to letters on a letter board, she first did that before she moved on to the keyboard and the iPad. It was, it was then my role to say, um, she needs to be in a mainstream classroom. And as soon as she had the capability of typing again with the one finger pointing to letters on a letter board, uh, we demanded that she be put into a mainstream first grade class. Mm -hmm. And she was. I think it's just so yeah interesting to hear that for us because again we've sort of found looking at schools as a real there's very much a limited options um it appears for Daisy it's it seems to be either a special needs school or mainstream um and we're told that she won't she won't likely fit into mainstream which is obviously it's frustrating and and, and what we've also found in in this country um is that it, if, if a school doesn't um, open its mind in terms of the ways of measuring intelligence, yeah. um, there is an automatic block. So because Daisy doesn't speak, there is no way that a school uh, currently mm. assesses her intelligence. We went to a school um, yeah. and had a look around. They, they didn't have any non-speakers. It was a specific autism school. It was school, specifically for autism. 
And we said, how would you, how would you measure uh, the intelligence of a child who doesn't speak? And they didn't have an answer, which is really disheartening um, because there should be a way. Well, what they were ultimately saying, and I, I hate this terminology, the use of the word high functioning, which seems to get used a lot. And actually, it, there was almost an indication that because Daisy couldn't talk, she wasn't high functioning, which I just find really, really distressing. Um, so it's, it's it just I think it's reassuring to hear that actually what you have to do is you just have to really fight when you know what's right for your child. Um, so yeah, it's just really inspiring to hear and, and hear your success in that for us, really. Um, I just hope we can achieve the same for Daisy. We will try yeah. our hardest. Would they deny a deaf person using sign language? Yeah, it's I such know. A valid it's, a, point. it's such a good point. You're right. And yeah. it's 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 a another example of the discrimination. The, the way that you know autistic people are immediately, like you say, um counted out rather than being included yeah yeah and by the way we um uh we absolutely do not allow the term low functioning and high functioning to be used in our presence it is it is discriminatory language that is in fact so um inappropriate uh to label somebody low functioning because they can't speak is just uh it's 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 not appropriate and we say uh elizabeth communicates differently just as a deaf person uses sign language it must be respected it is just different it's not lesser it's um and i think yeah so that the sad thing for us actually going to an autistic specific school to be told that they well just to hear them using that language is just for us completely disheartening that's what we're contending Mm. with in this country unfortunately um i think just thinking about the the sort of impact of communication for us daisy had a similar experience in that she did acquire some language um and lost she lost all of her language around the age of two two and a half um, I, I sort of having read um, read some of the things that you've talked about, Elizabeth, you you say that inexplicably your words were taken from you, and I often wonder about how it must have felt for Daisy and how it feels for her without having a sort of wide or a broader communication option. I wonder what you remember about your experience of living in a world where you were one of the few without words prior to the sort of communication you have now. The frustration of not being able to speak is excruciating. Thankfully, my parents continued to treat me as a thinking human being. They fed my mind with books and visits to interesting places like museums and national parks. You know, I think that Elizabeth brings up so many good points. It is the belief in the child that I think gets them through because we again we've talked to thousands of parents because of elizabeth's advocacy work and knowing that your child is in there you know the name of her book and her album are both i am in here for a reason you know it is telling parents don't give up hope uh elizabeth used to blink at me really slowly like she was like almost like a stroke victim when i would hold her when she was just a toddler and, and I was like, I, I know, I know you can understand. I know sometimes that your body is not in control and you're running around 
uh, it, we have to be careful you don't run out into traffic. We have to be, you know, you're frustrated. Uh, you're not in control. But we also know in those quiet moments that uh, you are totally mentally there and that we have the responsibility of getting a way for you to communicate with us. And so, um, and thank God we found that in uh, being able to do this typing method. And, and I guess I, I would like to add just so that we take down the mystery here is that, you know, Elizabeth um, learned to type uh, with something called the rapid prompting method. She doesn't use it today. You can look that up. You also can look up something called spelling to communicate. Um, there is an, an association called the International Association for Spelling as Communication, and its uh, website is i-asc.org. Also, you can look at our website, which is communication, the number four, all.org, where we have a lot of resources for parents. And in fact, we're going to have a whole bunch more coming out. So we, we do want listeners to feel hopeful that there is um, a lot more going to happen in the next few months, especially again, thank God for the, you know, international community embracing Elizabeth's speech and Google reaching out to her and saying, how can we help? And we're like, yes, you can. And Rotary International, how can we help? Yes, you can. Autism Society of America, yes, you can. Neurodiversity in Business, based in London, yes, you can. So we are all about forming partnerships to get the message out, to get the resources out to families. I think it's just just so amazing for us to hear that. I think we we know that at the moment for Daisy, we we are her advocates. We have to be her voice while she hasn't got the voice, but we are trying to help her to to be able to participate in that. So I think having those resources and hearing about the work you're doing is just incredible for us. And the the, the idea of hope yeah. is so important yeah. as well, because it's hope that gets you to the place where you are fighting yeah. for what you know your child is capable of. Yeah. Um, I think one of the things that really struck us when we, we know that you, you write so well in prose, Elizabeth, poetry and, and even songwriting, you've been collaborating with some um, incredible artists as well. But there were two poems really that, that struck us um, when we read from the book I'm in here. Um, and one of them was me and one of them was me revisited. Um, we, we would quite like to read those out for our listeners because I, I think that they're, they're just so powerful. Um, and again, we, I think we talked at the beginning, would you be happy for us to read them, Virginia? I know you mentioned about reading, but would that be okay for us to read those? Yes, please, please do. Wonderful. So I'm, I'm going to read me. Um, so I sometimes fear that people cannot understand that I hear and I know that they don't believe I go to every extreme to try to express my need to talk. If only they could walk in my shoes, they would share my news. I am in here and trying to speak every day in some kind of way. Um, I actually feel quite emotional reading that. I'm going to try not to cry, but 
it really resonates so um, significantly for me because I know that Daisy hears everything and I see the frustration. Uh, I see that she has a desire to communicate. Um, and then I think the me revisited um, again resonated in different ways. So I'm going to read that as well because I think it's really important for our listeners to hear hear these poems. Um, I can't sit still. What's wrong with me? My body is doing things I can't explain. My dignity I am trying to maintain. People stare at me when I rock and shake. I don't know how much more I can take. So much to deal with going on inside me. I wish I could get better. I want to be set free from my silent cage. Again, just, I think, yeah, quite um, emotive and powerful for us. Um, the silent cage is something you talk about a lot. I think seeing that this is potentially how Daisy is feeling for us is so significant. I wonder, Elizabeth, how can people who know someone who is non-speaking help them if they're feeling this way? We need all 26 letters to fully communicate. So one thing that I would add is that we speak with lots of schools and parent groups and many of them say oh well you know my child has say pecs which is a picture exchange communication system or they have a touch talk or something like that which essentially limits them to the words that are available in the system uh, oftentimes these PEC systems are really about wants and needs, like, you know, I want water, I need bathroom, et cetera. And um, Elizabeth, in fact, had almost no interest in these systems. Mm -hmm. So she was in an intensive behavioral program and they were like, well, see, she can't even take the little Velcro square and put it there to say she wants or needs something. In fact, she later told us how incredibly insulted she was that they thought that that's all she needed to say. And she wanted nothing to do with this system. So again, we put this out there to tell parents, look, these systems are good for what they're good for, which is basic wants and needs, they have nothing to do with the intelligence level of the person. And they often are an incredible source of frustration. And therefore, they are not even used very much. And that does not indicate that a higher level of communication with all 26 letters being used on an alphabet board to explicitly say, like, I do not want to go to the theater tonight because I don't like Shakespeare or something that they want to fully communicate. Um, so that's what we like to say to people is let's go to full communication because that's what they're capable of. Yeah, I think it's the go-to in our country is PEC. So that was something that Daisy started with. Um, and actually we, I mean, we moved on from PEX very quickly because we realized that it, it was not in any way it was near limiting. enough. It was very yeah. limiting. Um, so Daisy does use AAC to ask for things, but we're currently working on expanding her ability within that to be able to express her opinion about things and and say when she doesn't want to do things, tell us how she's feeling about certain mm. things. So I completely agree with everything you've just said. And, and for what it's worth, I don't think I like Shakespeare either. So. <laughs> 
Well, actually, I, I do want I want to correct that that Elizabeth does love Shakespeare. One of her ah, right. favorite classes in college was Shakespeare and Chaucer. I, I, I studied Shakespeare at university as well, and I think that's why I don't like him anymore. <laughs> yeah, she was she was a social innovation major to be able to make sure she could be the best advocate she could be. So she studied law and economics and many different topics. And then she was a minor in English. So she did all that Shakespeare. So that's, that's good to hear. Um, Virginia, I just wanted to ask you, you a quick one. Because in the book, you, you describe autism, autism as a barrier and a connector between you and Elizabeth. I just wonder how important you think that connection is. Oh my goodness. Wow. I don't think I've ever been asked that question before in all these years. <laughs> and it's been, I don't know, I guess Elizabeth's been an advocate for going on uh, 15 years now. So, um, you know, there is nothing more connecting than having your child have the bond of communication and, you know, I'm with her uh, a lot. Now she types with, by the way, you know, dozens of people. So it's not just, oh, I'm the only one who does this, thank God, because, you know, she had other people also went to class with her and would be able to help uh, with holding the iPad so she could then push the button to have the iPad speak for her during class discussions. Um, but I'm very close with Elizabeth because we do spend a tremendous amount of time together. Um, we, we have a bond that really is just, uh, you're going to get me to cry now. So, <laughs> um, you know, so I, I just want to just say to parents that it gets better and it gets better because the child and the adult, I mean, we have people learning how to type that are anywhere from five to 95 it's not never too late and so we we hope that it actually creates this incredible bond because i know it has for us yeah you you said there that um you you, you want to tell parents that it gets better i just wonder is that the message to anyone who who, who is a parent and maybe trying to help a non-speaking child well, again, it only gets better if you get the communication. It gets worse, a lot worse if they don't, right? Because when they're five or seven years old and can't communicate, that's one thing. When they're a teenager or a young adult and they still can't communicate, like maybe they don't like chicken. Like, please don't feed me that anymore. You know, from the base, very basic things to like, like we have people, my, one of my closest friends, her name is Judy. She now, uh, she, her, her son, she's, by the way, she's a special educator, incredibly smart. And I kept telling her, your son, Alex can do this. He can do this. And she kept saying, oh no, Ginny, Elizabeth is special. And Elizabeth, one of her favorite things to type out is I am not special. Yeah. Like everyone can do this. And so I kept saying, Judy, please, please, please. She finally did when, Alex was 25. Wow. He is now 28 and he's a global scholar at SUNY, which is a wonderful college. And he had been learning and listening the whole time, but she literally says that she, she, she is like 
so feel so guilty about like all the years that he was in like a day program coloring and he's brilliant. Like he's a math savant too. And, and I said, Judy, look, as parents, we all make mistakes and we all have to face forward. We have to say, we are here today. What can we do with our, for our child today? And now today she has a practice teaching this typing method to over 50 families. And most of them are young adults because they've aged out of the quote special education program. And they're, they, they've seen Elizabeth's speech and they're saying, maybe my child, my young adult child could do this. Mm -hmm. So she has all 50 families and she's only been doing it for a year that had come to her. And they're all telling her about how they love microbiology or they love, you know, economics. They write poetry. They, they're all so smart and have been doing literally nothing with this for all those years. It's, it's, it's the pain yeah, of, yeah. you know, but again, it's not to focus on that. It's to focus on today is a new day. We can do this, make a phone call, you know, read a website, get the information. You can even do this coaching virtually. So we can do this. You're, we can help these people get a voice. Now is the time to give non-speaking children a voice by teaching them to type with one finger. Listeners with non-speakers, please go to our website, communicationforall.org, for resources to help you get started. We will have some big announcements soon, so please follow us on social media or sign up for our email list. At our website, communicationforall.org, we will be announcing in the coming months some programs to help directly help families to help, help their non-speaking member. And we can't quite announce it today, but please sign up for our social media or our email list if you're a family member listening to this so that when we have these, and by the way, these resources are gonna be free. Like we believe that that communication is a basic human right and everybody anywhere in the world, no matter what your resources should be able to have this basic human right. I, it's just incredible. I, I think for me that there's something I just want to say to both of you, actually. I, th I think to you, Elizabeth, you you are an inspiration. I know you say that you're not special, but you you are special to us and because you've opened our eyes to what we can do to help Daisy. We always knew there were things that we wanted to do. So you, you really have opened our eyes and I just think that you are such an amazing role model and you've given us such hope. And I think to Virginia, again, for me as a mum, you are a role model and I just, I, I really can't wait. I'm seeing it as this is going to happen for Daisy yeah. and I can't wait to be able to have those conversations with her. And, and I just want to thank you both from the bottom of my heart, really. So, yeah, thank you. And I'd, I'd echo all of that. Um, and I'd, I'd, I, you know, I wonder if just finally from you, Elizabeth, um, where do you hope we are in terms of the way we um, help or, or, or treat autistic people who don't speak? Where do you hope we are within the next 10 years, presumably a better place, but 
What do you think that looks like? I believe we are at a critical moment in history. There are thousands of non-speakers with autism who type to communicate. In addition, new research, including an eye-tracking study published in Nature, validates the authenticity of our words. We will have communication equality because we typers demand our brothers and sisters have a voice. As I said, what an interview. Um, a couple of things I picked up on. I took loads of notes. I looked, loads of notes and loads of smiles and, and just kind of I could feel the hope coming up in me yeah. as well. Um, things like... Uh, some of the kind of discriminatory uh, phrases that are used, mm. they were, Elizabeth and Virginia, they were against the kind of words like high functioning. They don't like these phrases because they're discriminatory. Let's talk about that a bit more. Well, it, it, the whole thing about language is, is, a, is, is you really have to educate yourself mm. because, you know, parents of an autistic child, we get it wrong sometimes. We do, and, it, and I, it's really interesting. When you look or when we listen back to some of the earlier podcasts, I sometimes think, oh, gosh, I, you, you so badly don't want to get it wrong because you don't want Daisy to listen to anything that we have said and take it in the wrong way. So you're constantly worrying about the vocabulary and the language you use because it does change. So I think high functioning and low functioning, I've never ever liked that terminology. No. And I think we talked about it in the mm. podcast and the fact that we've encountered that in the education system. Um, but the other one for me is around the non-speaking and non-verbal. And we got that wrong early on. We described Daisy as non-verbal. And actually um, it's been really interesting just really analysing yourself and the way you, you communicate stuff because being verbal doesn't necessarily mean being orally verbal. It's yeah. it's the written word she, is she verbal She said communicate differently. You yeah. can communicate without you speaking. You can yeah. communicate without, without speaking. Are you reading books? Peppa Pig. Do you like it? But you can be non-speaking. And I think she's... Uh, I don't know if it's Virginia I mean, who describes... this podcast would be rubbish, wouldn't it, if we didn't speak? Yeah. But... <laughs> Not where you're concerned. <laughs> <laughs> but I think... I can't remember if it's Virginia that describes Elizabeth um, as being a non-speaker with autism. I think that's how she describes yeah. her, which I think is a really lovely way of describing Daisy because that is mm. Daisy, yeah. isn't it? So it's yeah it's you, yeah it's just been quite but an yeah, interesting learning some curve, of the language and like Louis says we've never liked low or high functioning no. because actually no. you wouldn't say that about a typical child no no you wouldn't say that child there who maybe isn't achieving as much as the rest of his peers you wouldn't say that's a low functioning child it's no. it's horrible and equally an intelligent child you would say they're high functioning so mm. what and and you guys can chip in but what got me is that we we've seen things happening in a very very uh, positive way but actually we've still got a long way to go when we're yeah. still using terms like yeah. that and people mm. are using them within education and not actually examining saying, whoa 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 yeah by yeah. putting high and low, you are raising expectations and lowering expectations. Yeah. I think a lot of the way we talk about autism is actually well-meaning people yeah. just getting it just wrong. Just getting it yeah. wrong. And yeah. actually what I, because through work I have to do a lot of this sort of trying to talk about language and the mm. way we talk about news stories, particularly when, when autism is involved. 
Um, and actually, I don't ever want to become a bore. No. And, and you know, oh, Neil was talking about the way you said that. Yeah, yeah. you but don't actually, be critical. But it's... You, can't, you have to be because yeah. otherwise, you know, we're, we're back in the days of, you know, what people used to call people in wheelchairs and things like that. So, yes. in, and that thankfully has broadly changed, but yeah. autism still got a bit of and we, I everyone guess being educated. We are advocates. We're advocates for Daisy, but we are talking about autism to other people. So, and I think there is a fear. You sometimes think you don't want to get it wrong, but we are well-meaning and we have got it wrong before. Mm. But, it, yeah, it's, it's about just, I think, highlighting, isn't it, the, the importance of those it things. There was another bit there as well, which is kind of tip, uh, kind of political as well, and it was would would the authorities deny a, a deaf person use of sign language? Yeah. yeah. And I went, and I thought, no, they wouldn't. No. It's just so obvious, no. isn't it? Yeah. It is, yeah. It, when, when you look at the way, um, and it goes right back to the start of this podcast, we are advocates for Daisy and, and I... I think we're quite good at it. Yeah. Um, it takes a lot of work mm. and, and you know, um, not every battle gets won. But we, we've we had to really push for, for, for stuff and, you know, without the help of Sky, we might not be where we are. No. Um, but why is that the case? Why do you have to mm. ask for things rather than being assessed and going, ah, hold on, yeah. that person... Yeah. It's this and and but it is that's that that's what you constantly mm. feel like you're doing is you're asking for stuff that basically they should have a right to yeah I, I think as well when it comes back to the education bit that we talked about in the interview is that um we've uh, we're obviously in a situation at the moment where daisy is due to start her new school um mm. this year so september and we're still waiting to hear about placement but we we are limited we we, we had special needs school autism specific school or mainstream um and actually as things stand at the moment daisy won't get a mainstream school um but the autistic schools i was quite i think for me that was the biggest shock factor yeah. that they didn't have any non-speaking autistic children and that to me couldn't be any more discriminatory if you tried could it when you actually think about that it's it's just horrendous and yeah. that needs to change that definitely needs to change yeah because once once you put daisy in a situation where she can communicate what is yeah. going on yeah. in her head i.e. with a device like we're trying to get, yeah, or, yeah. who's to say that she it, doesn't it, end up somewhere more mainstream if that's suitable? Is that yeah. still the aim, do you think? I don't know. Uh, but Mainstream. But I, think, mm. I, 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 I don't look at it as mainstream versus special. No, I think um, I look at to... it as just she should have every option on the table. Yeah. She's a, she should have the same options as any other child. And yeah. the, the, the hurdle with making those options open is the communication. It's communication because she cannot at the moment communicate her intelligence. And that's the bit we know she's intelligent, but she's, she is on a back foot and she is behind other children of her age because of the fact that she can't talk. Mm -hmm. And that shouldn't be the case. She, sh she should be supported in whatever environment, school environment to, to be able to have the tools to develop in the same way as other children. I'm quite amazed because the phrase silent cage yeah. came out. Mm. I'm yeah. quite amazed she's not angrier. Bearing in mind yeah. she's got that intelligence, yeah. I'm amazed she's not angrier with us. 
because she, you, know, mm. you could see her looking at us going, no, that's, you know, that's not the right thing. And you know that thing she does with you, she wants you to say, yeah. she just points at your lips. On you. And it's amazing she doesn't just mm. get so frustrated with mm. us. Yeah, I think I think that that frustration has been more more obvious in the last six months mm. or prior to getting this. It's yeah. You know, Device it's related rolling. to certain situations. I think the thing is, is that we're very good at reading what Daisy needs yeah. and what she wants. And actually, she's got sort of behaviorally, and I hate sort of, I don't know, I don't want to talk about behavior in a derogatory way, but Daisy has got a very sort of calm temperament and she takes things in her stride. But there are times when her frustration frustration comes out. Mm. Um, and I, I think we because we are giving her the tools to try and communicate, I think she's she recognises that. And I think because she knows we're trying to help her, that, I don't know, maybe that contributes to how she is. I, I don't yeah, know. The, you know. We'll ask bit, her one day. Yeah, well, exactly. Yeah. 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 And she will tell you. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> she's trying to get my armpit. I think you're going to be able to get through this, job. Oh, She does that because she leans her head right back. Yeah. It's, a, yeah. it's the bit in the interview as well um, where sort of Elizabeth said she f felt thankful for the fact that her mum took her yeah, to museums yeah. and, and yeah. you know, things like that. And you want to be able to that that's sort of given us a bit more drive yeah. in terms of delivering, she does take it in. delivering yeah. stuff yeah. like that yeah. for Daisy as well. Well, she does. I think the thing with Daisy and I've had I've been guilty of it in the past of making assumptions that she doesn't like something or she's not taking it in. And we have we've taken her to places like the Science Museum in London, mm. haven't we? And there was some of it she was really interested in and other stuff she just really didn't seem to be fussed about at all. And, and I've sort of sometimes thought, oh, well, maybe I won't need to teach her about that because I don't think she's interested. But I think she listens to everything. And, and I just think, actually, I'm just going to teach her as much as I can. Mm -hmm. She can tell me later whether it was really boring and she was annoyed that I was teaching her that yeah, topic. But yeah. but I want to give her every opportunity. And I, I don't know, does that make sense? Yeah, you, it goes back to, you know, we should try and make sure everything's on the table. If you, yeah. could, if you could do that, Lou, if you could do with the educational side, deal with the educational side and leave him out of it. <laughs> Because he bores his people at his office. I got a, I got a two one. Thank you very much. I think I got a two one. It's a much older age, but let's not talk about degrees. Um, I got a two one as well. Okay, oh, we haven't got a first in the room. Uh, yeah, no. well, oh. I think I'm first. Um, um, just to kind of because uh, we're getting uh, uh, running out of time. Um, a couple of things just to to uh, throw in is don't write off educational needs ever. Yeah. Um, and there was one phrase again, um, communication equality. Yeah. And that yeah. seems to me like one of those things that you could see in a banner, you know, whenever, you know, we, yeah. autism, you know, there's a display on communication equality. That's what we want. Yeah. Well, the, the, the equality argument is, is so much more um, sort of heard. It's still not, no, you know, we're not where we need to be, but... The, the sort of advocates for equal um, opportunities and equal treatment of people who are either neurodivergent or different or disabled or whatever, mm. that is so much more prominent now. But what seems to be, you know, it's not really in any of the discussions I have about equality is about making sure non-speakers can communicate. Yeah. And that seems like a slight blind spot in, in there. Yeah. Um, 
but it should we we you know there are you know recorded 700,000 people in in the UK mm. who are autistic mm-hmm. uh, you know it it just goes by you know um probability but that thousands are going to be non-speaking yeah and yeah, of course. not not all of them will have access to the right kit or no. the right help no i think as well just sort of going back to earlier podcasts and thinking about um communication and worrying about what daisy's life would be like without speech i think actually now knowing that yeah. she she has got speech it's just in a different way yeah, she has a voice absolutely. we we just need to make sure we do everything we can to help her to develop yeah. and use those tools that fuel she has. the obsession was a phrase yes. <laughs> remember yeah. when you were talking about that you find out what your child really likes with fuel. Yeah. it's the same with the education it's yeah. the same with yeah. the voices um thank you very much for listening let's just wrap up with uh a couple of stories about what we've uh, experienced. Moments of joy, yeah. Yeah, uh, moments of joy. Oh, that, that's the phrase. Well done. Um, my moment of joy, um, my son works in one of the uh, bedrooms up here um, and he comes down and, and Daisy was with us uh, and said hello and our, 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 as usual, her uncle teases her. But anyway, um, he goes back up to go to the office and Daisy went to go with us and oh, Daisy stayed down here. So... And then she went and got her book, and we thought she was going to ask for food because she still got that uh, you know, sort of desire for food. And no, it wasn't. It was actually bedroom. She wanted to go upstairs. Yeah. And we were just went, wow. <laughs> and she went straight to the word bed. I thought, fantastic. Yeah, yeah. She's um, she's actually the whole process of going upstairs is quite is quite fun at the moment. So I think it was two nights ago. Um, I, I sort of said, right, come on, we better go up and have a bath. You were up in the bath already. And I um, I said, come on. And she she sort of didn't protest too much. And then she sort of giggled on the way out. <laughs> and I've been sort of chasing her upstairs in the last week or so, just going, ah, and running <laughs> upstairs after her. Um, and she got to the bottom of the stairs and I wasn't doing it. And then she just sort of turned around <laughs> and just <laughs> smiled at me as if it's to say, amazing. you're not going to chase me. Yeah. And, I went, and I went, do you want me to chase you? She went, yeah. Yeah. Yes, I said, please. yes, please. Yeah. So I was like, ah! <laughs> Which wasn't the most sort of relaxing thing before bedtime, no. but no, it's great. Yeah, I'd take it, yeah. yeah. Um, I was trying to think, because there's been quite a few things, haven't there? But I, um, we had a conversation, Daisy and I, just about how, um, just what a big week it had been with the whole communication assessment and all of the things that have been happening at school. And I was just talking to her. I always tell her that I love her and she's beautiful. And I just decided I was going to tell her all the other things about her that I love. So I just talked about how proud I was of her and how clever she was and how good she was at puzzles and hugs. And she just sat there grinning and then just did this, <laughs> just like really cheeky little <laughs> laugh, as if to say, oh, yeah, I know. <laughs> Getting See, a big head, I have to be careful. I'm quite <laughs> envious of you for that because I never got to, sa- to say that to him no I never said I was proud of him for his achievements no. none of that it was none of- so I'm get- I get that I'm living vicariously through my grand uh, it's lovely I get to see that um just uh, as I know it's a Daisy and Me podcast, but I'd just like to say that this is the first Daisy and Me podcast I've done with my new hip, which we I thought <laughs> oh, we'd mentioned. Oh, yeah, 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 sorry, yeah, yeah. But nobody mentioned it. it no, it's, it's, it's all about Daisy, it's but such not about a part of the furniture now. It's yeah, just, it's, no, no, it's, no it's, it's metal. 
a metal one. Yeah, we forgot to say you, you've had a hip replaced. Yeah, yeah. Well, okay. That's yeah. all right. It's an afterthought. The only hip this thing about you. This will get cut out in the edit, I'm sure. <laughs> um, if you'd like to get in touch with us, and, and, and remember, um, tell us about your experience of, of trying to get help, trying to get support from your local education authority and, and how you get somebody like Sky in your life that can help you uh, uh, sort of uh, navigate this, this system, then please let us know because it's great. And if there's a, a topic or an issue you want us to look at uh, on the podcast, please get in touch and we'll, we'll go for it with you. What's the name of the email? It's daisyandmepodcast at gmail.com and you can tweet us at daisyandmepod. Um, can I just say as well, just a huge thank you to Virginia and Elizabeth again as well, because, yeah, just really Amazing. quite humbled by that, so thank you. Great, and thank you to my surgeon. <laughs> <laughs> You're a name check him? <laughs> Mr. Cho. <laughs> <laughs>